reschedule that um, for is she gonna be here next week okay the following week pray over them and um, install them is the um, deacon and um, I'm excited for the church and you know we see in the Bible when they um, were able to appoint deacons to be able to take care of different tasks and how the word of God increased and the disciples were multiplied and so I'm looking forward to that amen to um, see um, God's blessings upon oops my mic on huh but they're they're turning it up while trying to get get it on while I had it off so that's why it went like that but um so we continue to pray for Alan to cool his family though is um, um it was neat seeing we know we didn't have anybody run a campaign like in politics for the position just asked the church to pray about it and you know the spirit made it um very evident you know, who the, um, the Lord would have had put on your hearts. And so um, we'll have that um, when she gets back. But I'm um, going to turn in the Bible to John chapter 11. John chapter 11. So I was preparing this message. I was really having a challenging time um, putting it in notes. And so I almost just went to go for preaching without notes today. I was being fearful. don't want it to be a complete big flop because I have no notes written down and lose my train of thought. So I stayed up late at night just continuing to get it knocked down, get some notes in to have some kind of order. But um, John chapter 11 um, in verse... One says, Now a certain man was sick, named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary was anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sister sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. And so here, here, you know, we see the lady that um, washed the feet of Jesus or anointed it with oil um, with her hair. Her brother was sick. And this sickness was nigh unto death. And so she brought it to the attention to Jesus that, you know, he whom thou lovest is sick. And we'll go ahead and skip to verse 5. We'll come back to verse 4 later. But he says, Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. When he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. So he wasn't in any rush. He wasn't in any type of urgency to um, get back, even after he had the knowledge, which he already had perfect knowledge. Um, but this is just for them, making him aware of it, though he already knew. But then after that, he say, he say, say of he to his disciples, Let us go into Judea again. His disciples say unto him, Master, the Jews of late sought to stone thee, and goest thou thither again? 
Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If any man walk in the day, he stumble of not, because he see of the light of this world. But if a man walk in the night, he stumbleth, because there is no light in him. These things said he, and after that he saith unto them, Our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I may awake him out of sleep. Then said his disciples, Lord, if he sleep, he shall do well. Howbeit Jesus spake of his death. But they thought he had spoken of taking of rest and sleep. Then Jesus, then said Jesus unto them plainly, you know, this is what I thought of, you know, maybe we could make it the title of the message. Lazarus is dead and I am glad. But that probably wouldn't be the best title, huh? Lazarus is dead, and I am glad. Um, but so it says, For your sakes that I was not there. To the intent ye may believe, nevertheless, let us go unto him. Then said Thomas, which is called Didymus, unto his fellow disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. Their mindset, their attitude was, Well, they're going to stone him. When he comes back into town, well, let's just go with him so we could all just go ahead and we'll die with him. And so they're already having that martyr's um, complex. Then when Jesus came, he found that he had lain in the grave four days already. Now Bethany was nigh unto Jerusalem, about fifteen furlongs off, and many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him, but Mary sat still in the house. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. But I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. Jesus saith unto her, Thy brother shall rise again. Martha saith unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die, believest thou this. She saith unto him, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. And when she had so said, she went her way and called Mary, her sister, secretly, saying, The Master is come and calleth for thee. As soon as she heard that, she arose quickly and came unto him. Now Jesus was not yet come into the town, but was in the place where Martha met him. The Jews then which were with her in the house and comforted her, when they saw Mary, that she rose up hastily and went out, followed her, saying, She goeth unto the grave to weep there. Then when Mary was come to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying, I knew him, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. So now we see the other sister saying it. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping, which came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled, and said, Where have ye laid him? They said unto him, Lord, come and see. 
And we see Jesus, shortest verse in the Bible. Here it is. Jesus wept. Then said the Jews, Behold how he loved him. And some of them said, Could not this man which opened the eyes of the blind have caused that even this man should not have died? Jesus therefore again groaning in himself cometh to the grave. It was the cave and the stone lay upon it. Jesus said, Take ye away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, said unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he have been dead four days. It's another sermon title to use. He stinketh. But here in these passages, we see happening the certainty of death. You know, the Bible says in Hebrews 9.27, it is appointed unto men once to die. And that doesn't catch us by surprise. But it does catch us a surprise when it is one of our loved ones that dies. When it's someone we care about. We know death is coming. We know death is going to happen to everyone. But it hits us hard when it's someone we're close to. And here we see even Jesus wept. The Bible says, For as in Adam all die, that all come short of the glory of death, or glory of the Lord, and, and for the wages of sin is death. But life is short. And we realize it when it is somebody that we love that passes away. Go ahead and open your Bible to James chapter 4. James chapter 4 in verse 13. It says, Go to now ye that say, Today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. Whereas ye know not what shall be on tomorrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. For that ye ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. Life is short. Life is fragile. James is not condemning wise planning, but rather planning that leaves out God. That although a Christian may believe in God, that practically they could be living as atheists as if He is not there to guide their life. Proverbs 27.1 says, Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. And so James is simply trying to say that, you know, we need to keep in our frame of mind that, yes, we'll make plans. Well, well, you know, the Bible talks also about how a man will devise of his way, but the Lord directed his steps. That make plans, set goals. You know, we're not just to just have the mentality, hey, Jesus may come today, so I'm not going to do anything. No, you know, we want to be um, producing. We want to be constructive. 
But we must have the mindset of that, you know what? The Lord is sovereign and He'll direct my steps. That well, This is what we'll plan, but we'll have the mentality of if the Lord will, we will do this or that. And not try to get to the place where we get so stuck in our plans, but then as the Lord closes the door, that we keep on trying to fight against the Lord. But no, just to be more like, Lord, okay, this is what we're planning, but Lord, thine will be done. You lead. You guide my steps. That life is short. And Lord, I want to live it to the fullest for you. That again, what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. Pairs. It shows up. And then it goes away. You know, as we get older, we start to think that, wow, that time went by fast. You know, when I was a teenager, time could not go fast enough. Man, every year it took forever for Christmas to come. Even when Christmas was two days away, it felt like forever. My birthday, oh, it's taking forever to come. Counting the days. Counting the hours. But as you get a little bit older and you see your kids get older, they're like, wow, time has just flown by. Time keeps on moving. Our life is but a vapor. It appears for a little time and then vanishes away. And so we want to prioritize the things in our life that really matter most. To live your life seeking out the Lord's will. That to have Christ be preeminent um, for you. Not just every hobby, not just every activity. You know, those activities, they come, they go. But you know what? The Lord is who we're going to be with forever. And so we might as well, while we even have our time on earth, to live it, to fulfill in His will and for His glory. And so we know that life is short, but when death comes, it's okay for the raw emotion over our loved ones. Here we see with Martha and Mary, they wept, they cried over their brother that passed away. We see other people went to comfort them the best they could. But there was that raw emotion. There was even that anger. Of why would God allow this now? Why, God, why is this happening? We see they go up to Jesus, both of them. They're like, Lord, if thou had been here, my brother would not have died. There was that frustration. There was that sorrow. And maybe even a little bit of anger. Just last week, well-known sports star, celebrity Kobe Bryant, died in a helicopter crash at the age of 41. Many in America grieve, still grieving, tremendously with him dying so young while simply taking his daughter to her basketball game. 
being a dad. A few were quick to point out the flaws, the accusations he's had in his past, of the sins of his past. And many others praise him for the dad and inspiration he's been to many. A few complain the focus was all on Kobe Bryant and not on the others that perish. Now, why does the celebrity get special treatment? What about the others that died? What about the veterans? Or what about those that went to battle and war and they died and they don't get the same kind of recognition? And yeah, you know what? In part, you know what? Yeah, that is sad that, you know what? We forget the true heroes while remembering someone that bounced a basketball. However, that does not negate the fact that, you know what, with his family, that is still a wife that lost her husband. Daughters that lost their dad. And in fairness, the identities of the others that died on the helicopter crash were not yet revealed. So people had no idea who else had yet had passed. And the reality is that people are more emotional about the deaths of those who they know personally or know about than they do someone that they don't know, regardless of how much attention one may get. You know, we should never mock someone that, you know, oh, you know what, he's just famous because he bounced a basketball. You know, it's a life. This loss. And you know what? Many grieve over him. Many ask, why did it have to happen? What could have been done to prevent it from happening? We see in the Bible, okay, these people grieved over Lazarus. Now, those that lived miles away that didn't know him, they, they didn't think anything of it, they didn't even know about it, probably. But when those we love perish, it affects us emotionally. It's raw. We see Jesus wept. Some will speculate on why did Jesus weep? Was it because of their lack of faith? Or hey, you know what? I don't know. I like to think it's just he wept. You know what? He's grieving with them. You know the Bible says, weep with those that weep. You know, every once in a while, a pious Christian might say, Oh, quit crying about it! You know he's in heaven! Well, that's not necessarily what they need to hear at that time. You know, weep with them. Grieve with them. And now you may share it in a sense of hope, of like, Hey, you know what, man, this is hard. I man, can't imagine how you feel. But isn't it wonderful? We will see them again one day. Those are words of encouragement. It should never be done in a mocking way. Like, come on, Christian, grow up. You know you're going to see them again. But no, weep with them that weep. Mourn with them that mourn. And rejoice with them that rejoice. And that's where sometimes it can be challenging. You know what? Especially in the role as a pastor. But really for anybody. That, you know what? One day... You're burying the dead. Maybe it's a baby that passed away. And the next day, it's a wedding. 
And so then you turn back on the rejoicing with them that are again married. But grieving and sorrow is real. Anger is sometimes real. Again, why would God allow this? Jesus, if you had been here, he had not have died. And you know, we don't understand fully the mind of the Lord. You know, we do find passages in the Scripture like Isaiah 57 that says, The righteous perisheth, and no man layeth it to heart, and merciful men are taken away, none considering that the righteous is taken away from the evil to come. He shall enter into peace. They shall rest in their beds, each one walking in his uprightness. That could sometimes be the case. If someone was spared from evil to come. Remember it was Sri Lanka and the hurricanes that had killed many children. Many innocent children. And the skeptics, they were starting to mock and say comments like, well, where was the good God in this? If God is real, if God is good, if He's just, why did He allow all this to happen? Well, again, you know what? We brought the curse of sin upon ourselves. And Adam all died. But Sri Lanka was also very high on the sex trafficking. And perhaps, you know what? That could be in the mercy of God. That God took all those children home to be with Him instead of going through any additional abuse. I don't know. We don't know. We live in a sin-cursed world, and the Bible says the whole creation groaneth, waiting for the redemption thereof. And so we grieve. Now the Bible does say our sorrow is not it's the sorrow of the world that has no hope. They know when the lost have people pass away, they really have no hope. You're like, man, you know what? That's it. I am never going to see them again. Where with the Christian, there is the hope that with the Christian that perishes, that there is hope that we will see them again. And we're able to be comforted with that. When one passes away, we see as with Kobe Bryant. There were many who spoke about how they wish they made more time with him. Those that had a personal feud with them expressed regret that they did not get it right with him, with one another, until it's too late. And may that be a reminder to us, let's not hold bitterness towards others. Especially family, let's, let's cast off bitterness. There's no need to be bitter, even if we were wrong. Life is short, and we don't know when they'll be taken away. The Bible talks about a husband. Don't deal with thy wife bitterly. You don't know how long you're going to have your spouse for. Don't squander the time that you do have. May it be a reminder that, you know, you see in the celebrity passing away and all the people... Um, showing their love and care for the family. The people that express regrets. 
Would that be a reminder in our own life to spend time with those of value to us? Let's try to live our lives so it's not a wish I would have, but that I cherish every moment that God gave us together. Life is short. Make sure you're giving your life to the Lord. Spend time with family, those that are special to you. No job, ministry, or task is more important than the investment of your time with your family. Sometimes it may be important to even think, to reflect. If I was to lose my family in a few days, it's the task that is consuming me really more important. Now, if we actually were to know all of those things, know the future, you know, we would prioritize our time differently. The reality is, you know what, we do need to go to work. We need to provide for our family. Those are things that are needed for our family. So don't get out of this like, oh, I need to feel guilty for working. No, not at all. That's part of caring for your family. But when you are with your family, make sure you're cherishing it. And trust God in the difficult situations, especially when you lose your loved ones. Though things catch us by surprise, must remember that it didn't surprise God. God is in control. Isaiah 46, 9 says, Remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is none else. I am God and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times the things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. And you know what? God knows. God knows when our loved ones are going to pass away. God knows when we are going to die. Psalm 116.15 says so. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of His saints. Okay, we see death in the temporal. You know, they're not here with us anymore. God sees eternal. God, when He has one of His children die, it's not like the soul, the spirit has died and they're no longer there but they're to be present with the Lord. The Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord for the believer. And you just never know how God may use different situations in our life. Back in um, John 12 and verse 4, or in, in chapter 11, When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Then in here, there is a particular case where he would be resurrected. That this would be to show the glory of God. This would show the credentials that Jesus indeed is the Son of God. And so then we read in verse 40, after 
she told him, take away the stone. And they're like, he stinketh, for he have been dead four days. Jesus saith unto her, said I not unto thee, that if thou wouldst believe, thou wouldst see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone uh, from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I knew that thou hearest me always. But because of the people which stand by, I said it. That they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when he thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. Called him by name. Perhaps if he didn't call him by name, the whole graveyard would have woke up. I don't know. But he called him by name. He whom Jesus loved. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound about with a napkin. And so here his hands are, hands are bound, his feet are bound, and he's, like, he's walking out. Remember, he's been dead for four days. And Jesus says to um, loose him and let him go. Jesus brought a resurrection there. Then many of the Jews which came to Mary and had seen the things which Jesus did, believe on Him. But some of them went their ways to the Pharisees and told them what things Jesus had done. Then gathered the chief priests and the Pharisees a council and said, What do we do for this man do of many miracles? And so we see here, many believed on Jesus after they saw this. Now see, Jesus had already been talking with Martha, talking with Mary, and telling them that, you know what, he shall rise again. And they're thinking, yeah, we know, we believe he'll rise again one day. But Jesus brings out, I am the resurrection and the life. And he manifests his glory and gives them a resurrection early on. You know what? Man, he, poor Lazarus, he had to die twice. He gets resurrected, and then he eventually dies again. But we see that Jesus showed forth his glory, showed proof that he is the resurrection and the life. And well, we maybe are not seeing in our lifetime those we love that have died have a supernatural resurrection like this man did, that Jesus was doing to show that He was the Messiah. The promise is still certain, just as death is certain, so is the resurrection. That we will resurrect one day, they that are in Christ. Death shall come, but so shall the two resurrections. The Bible says, yes, it's a disappointed and you man wants to die. But after this, the judgment. Go ahead and turn your Revelation um, chapter 20. Verse 4, And I saw thrones, 
And they sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus, and for the word of God, and which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands. And they live and reign with Christ a thousand years. That believers... Here is talking about people in the tribulation period, but we see this all throughout for believers of any age, that there will be a resurrection and that they will live, that they'll rule, they'll reign with Christ a thousand years. And then after that thousand years, there'll be a new heaven and a new earth created, a new Jerusalem, and we'll live eternally. And Jesus spoke about how um, people will go from the east to the west. They'll see Abraham. They'll see Moses. They'll see Isaac, Jacob. They'll see them. We'll recognize people from time past. And of course, you know, we'll recognize those who we love in this life. What a hope we have in Jesus Christ. That we will be with Christ. We will be with our loved ones in Christ. But there is a second resurrection. But the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. So these people miss out on the first resurrection. It says, Blessed and holy is he that have part in the first resurrection. On such the second death have no power. But they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. And then we see after the thousand years, Satan will be loose for a time being. We just dealt with that in Sunday school, the different positions, um, premillennial, postmillennial, and amillennial in um, the theology of the timing of when Christ will return. But we see... And the rest of the dead live not again until the thousand years. Go to verse 10. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, and where the beast and the false prophet are, and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whom faith from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. You know, on that helicopter crash, there were the, Kobe Bryant had a great name as far as a lot of people knew him. The other people on the helicopter... Many people had no idea who they were. Now, some did, their family, their friends. But the small, the great, the rich, the poor, none of us are going to escape our appointment with God. The king, the poor peasant, they will both alike face the Lord God one day. And the books were open, and another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. 
And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged every man according to their works, and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Pastor, I thought we weren't going to be judged according to our works. It's by grace through faith. Yes, that's for the believer. That's where we see earlier in verses 4 to 6. That the believer, is, is their witness, their testimony of Jesus. They're saved by grace. They're saved through faith. We are not being judged by our works. But for those that have never placed their faith in Christ. Well, they can't be judged according to faith in Christ. The substitute that Christ paid for their sin isn't going to be able to be applied. They never had that faith. So the only thing that it could go on is their works. And you know what the Bible says? For all have fallen short of the glory of God. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We don't want to be judged according to our works. If we're judged according to our works, all the great things that we have done. You know, they're not, it's not going to be like, oh, this outweighs the few bad things we have done. No, with sin, you know what? It wipes out any good that we've done. Because we all have fallen short of the glory of God. And that's where we see those who were judged according to their works. Death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. And they're without excuse. No one is going to be able to mock at God and say, well, God, I did not know. You know, the Bible says that Jesus is the light that giveth light to every man in the world. And when man responds to that light, However little it may be, God then gives more light. And that's where God wants to use us to be the messengers of hope. To use us to give the gospel. But we see in Revelation that there will be people from every tribe, from every nation, from every tongue that will be with Christ. And so we know the gospel does prevail. And that the gospel does get to every community, to every society, that there are people that get saved. But those that reject Christ will be without excuse. And so if you do not yet know Jesus Christ is your Savior, understand that there are no works that are going to be able to save you. As I mentioned last week, saying to Hail Mary, that's not going to save you. Getting baptized is not going to save you. Taking communion is not going to save you. There is no work that we can do to save ourselves. The only thing that Jesus said, the one work of God that we must do is believe on Him whom He has sent. Yes, you know, as a Christian, you know, as, you know, as we put our faith in Christ, we ought to get baptized. 
You know what? In that, you know what? That's the step of obedience of following Christ. We're identifying with Christ, His death, His burial, His resurrection, that He's given us a new life. And it's a picture, it's a symbol of it. But the baptism does not wash away sins. The only thing that could cleanse our heart is the blood of Jesus Christ. And it is placing our faith that Jesus died for me. That He was buried for three days, three nights. And that He resurrected. He had victory over death. We see that He gave victory to Lazarus and that He rose Him from the dead. And that's why we're dead in trespasses and sins. And the Spirit of God reveals to us and who Christ is. But then it's up to us how we respond. Are we going to respond in faith? Then, Lord, I believe, I trust, I depend in You alone. None of my works are going to outweigh my bad that I've done. The only thing that will make it different the only thing that will cancel all of my sin debt is by God's grace through us having faith in Jesus Christ. And so if you have not yet placed your faith in Christ, we're going to invite you this morning as the instrument goes ahead in place that you can make today be the day that you place your faith in Jesus alone not in the church. The Baptist church, this Baptist church cannot save you. The Presbyterian church cannot save you. The Lutheran church cannot bring you salvation. The Catholic church cannot give you salvation. The only one that could give you salvation is Jesus Christ.